You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Amen. What a blessing. Thank you for that. All right. Keep your Bibles out here. Luke chapter number two. And we are going to just go over a couple verses here. Very familiar passage, especially if you've been here all month. Uh, So here, Luke chapter two, verse number six and seven. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. This was a time that was uh, a very, uh, a very uh, busy time of year. Uh, Caesar Augustus had sent out a decree that all the world should be taxed. And, and so here with this taxing, uh, everybody was required to go back to their homelands. And so anybody that was in a, uh, in a business of renting rooms, they were, uh, they were filled up. I mean, uh, it, was, it was a big event had come to town and, and the hotels had, had filled up. Uh, when somebody comes to town here, uh, we always put them in the Comfort Inn and Suites uh, down here off of North Beale. And uh, the, the rooms are always very nice and clean. And, uh, and so that's where we always choose to put, put anybody that's get our guest. And uh, we put them there. Uh, but a couple months back, uh, Brother Chad was coming in. And anyway, he said, oh, by the way, I need an extra room and so uh, we had already had one room for him, but he needed an extra room. And I called down there, had Miss Patterson call down there, and they were, they were filled up. And they didn't have any rooms. You know, I didn't, I didn't criticize them for them being filled up. You know, this innkeeper, he has really gotten a bad rap over the years. I mean, he had so many rooms, and people had already got there. One year, we had traveled to a conference down in uh, Lancaster, and, and with that, uh, all the rooms had been reserved. We had our confirmation numbers. Uh, there were 20 of us. We get down there, and they gave the rooms away. Now, that wasn't the case here. Joseph didn't have reservations. He did not have a confirmation number that, that he was going to be secured this room. Uh, they were traveling. How many of you have traveled that way? And you just drive somewhere and you finally say, okay, well, when we get to such and such a point, we'll start to look for some place to stay. Anybody else do that? Uh, Mrs. Brown and I have done that many times. Uh, one time we were coming up over through Crescent City and coming down the coastline. And as we were coming down the coast, uh, we were thinking, okay, we're... We're just going to drive, and whatever sounds good, we'll stop. And we drove, and we stopped, and there was nothing available. And we drove, and we stopped, and there was nothing available. And we drove, and we stopped. And finally, we were so tired, it got to a spot where, okay, if there isn't anything here, we're just stopping and sleeping in the car because there isn't any place available. And praise the Lord, there was one room left, and we got it. Uh, but uh, uh, anyway, here, uh, this this. In- 
innkeeper has, has been uh, maligned over the years because there was no room for them in the inn. But I wonder in our lives how many times that we just don't have room for Jesus. There are areas of our life that are sort of off limits. This morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, is there room? Is there room? And let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us this morning. Lord, we're, we're here in your house on this Sunday morning because uh, we desire to hear from you. We desire, uh, Lord, to glorify you and honor you. And, and I pray that you would help us, Lord, just in our own lives, uh, help us to uh, lower our guard, our defenses, uh, maybe even just be a little bit more transparent with ourselves than we normally are. And may you just speak to our hearts. Give us what we need so uh, we can be who you would want us to be. And so just bless us, grow us this morning. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. So is there room? Uh, is there room? And here there was no room for the Lord in the inn. Uh, and so they had to, to have some other provisions. But uh, in our life, is there room? Is there room, uh, number one, is there room in your soul for Jesus? Is there room in your soul? Uh, and, and, of course, when we run that direction, uh, we, we want to stop. The, the beginning of any relationship with the Lord is salvation. That's the beginning. That is that foundational place. And have you made room for Jesus in your soul? Is there room there for Jesus in your life? Uh, the Bible tells us in Luke 19, 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The very reason for his coming was that he came to forgive mankind. He came uh, to save us uh, from our sins, to save us us from our, our own selves, just the, the consequences of our sin. And so uh, have we made room for Jesus in, in our own soul? Uh, the Bible says in John 3, 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. And have we made room for Jesus in our life. You see, at some point we can we could look at the we could look at this uh, uh, this innkeeper and he didn't make room for Jesus and and I'm not quite sure who he should have kicked to the curb uh, but uh, but whoever it was to make more room for Jesus. Uh, each and every one of us in our own life we have to choose the Lord. He's not kicking the door in in your life. He's not going to kick the door in in my life. But he will be there at the door. And he said, stand at the door and knock. He wants in. But you and I have to open that door. We have to allow him 
to be our Savior. And there comes a point in each person's life, and, and maybe we know the plan of salvation, and maybe we have heard it, and maybe it has, we've just sort of built a wall. I don't know where you're at this morning, but it, it comes first and foremost, the first uh, place that we need to make room for the Lord in our life is we need uh, to make room for Him in our soul. And, and John three thirty six, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Uh, did you get that? He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. That means right now, if you are a child of God, you possess everlasting life. What a blessing. Uh, what a blessing that that is. But if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have not accepted Him. You have not entrusted uh, your, your soul to Him. And you've not made room for Him in your life to be your Savior. Uh, then the Bible says that you're condemned already. Condemned already. And that's why Jesus came, was to take that condemnation away. He doesn't want us to be condemned. He's not willing that any should perish, the Bible says, but that all should come uh, to repentance. So we need to make room in our soul. Is there room in your soul uh, for salvation? Uh, in Luke chapter number 18, in verse number 9, the Lord gives a parable about two individuals uh, and salvation. Uh, Luke chapter 18, verse number 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Now notice here, there were, this is a parable, so this is a, this is a, a, a teaching. It's an illustration. It is an earthly illustration with a biblical point. It is a, uh, with an eternal meaning. And so here he's saying that there were some that, and he was speaking to these, these individuals that trusted in themselves that they were righteous and they despised others. Uh, he's talking about people that, that felt like uh, they, they didn't need a savior. They felt like they were better than others, maybe. Maybe somebody else needs a Savior, but they didn't need the Savior. Uh, and, and he goes on, verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. You know what? Uh, these individuals were morally good people. They were civilly good people, but they were lost. It doesn't matter how good of a person you and I are. If we could be good enough, Jesus didn't have to come. If I could clean my life up enough, if I could live good enough, if I, if I could stop doing enough bad things and I could start doing enough good things, then Jesus did not have to come. It would have been left solely up to us. But the Lord did come. Why? Because we could not, we could not live good enough. 
There was, no, there was not a, uh, anything good enough uh, that we could do. Uh, many times you'll go out, uh, we would go out soul winning, we'd knock on people's doors and talk to them about the Lord. And, and, I, and I don't know how many times I've talked to somebody, asked them uh, if they, if they uh, as you go through the plan of salvation and start sharing with them uh, that they're, the Bible says that they're a sinner, and they say, no, I'm not a sinner. And I'm not talking about little kids. I'm talking about adults. And what had happened, they had classified their sin. Well, my sins aren't bad enough sins to deserve to go to hell. Revelations 21 tells us, it's in Revelations 20 and verse 14, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. There is a place of judgment. And God in Revelations 21 verse 8, he tells us uh, the sinners that are going to be there. He says, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers. And he lists all of these, these classifications, these classifications of sin. And to be truthful, if we did a word study on each one of those, we would be guilty. But he goes on and says, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, how many houses do I have to break into to be a thief? One. How many people do I have to kill to be a murderer? One. How many lies do I have to tell to be a liar? One. You know, there isn't one person on this earth who is not guilty of sin. And the only difference between the Christian and those that are unsaved is that the Christian's sin has been forgiven. Because they're still sinners. Aren't we? I wish when I would have gotten saved that all my sins would have just been gone and I would have not had any anymore. But I still sin. And so do you. And we may have cleaned our life up, and we may not be in this classification of extortioners and adulterers and unjust. And, uh, and, and as this Pharisee was pointing out, we may not be in that classification, uh, but we are still a sinner. And so uh, there is a sin problem. Is there room for Jesus in our soul? Uh, why do we need Jesus? Because there's a sin problem. Why do we need Jesus? Because there's a sin debt. There's a sin debt. That, that debt is not going to go unpaid. Every one of us, there is a judgment day coming. And either our, we will stand for our own sin debt or Jesus Christ has stood for our sin debt already. But that sin is going to be judged. And, and here there's a sin problem. Uh, why do I need to make room for Jesus? Because there's a sin problem. There's a sin debt. But thank the Lord there's a sin solution. 
a sin solution. That's the Lord. And, and how, do we, how do we accept that? Uh, first, there's, uh, we need, is there room for Jesus uh, for salvation? Uh, how is it that we get that uh, salvation gift? We submit. Uh, Luke chapter 18 and verse 13 now, uh, this same story. And the publican standing afar off would not uh, lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Uh, what has to happen? We have to submit. Uh, we have to uh, ha ha receive. We need to accept uh, that we have a need for salvation. Nobody ever gets saved until they realize they need a Savior. We have to accept the fact that we have a very real need of salvation. The acceptance of our need, the acceptance of our Redeemer. And that's when we say, okay, not only do I have a need, I am going to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. What he did on the cross, when uh, he died on the cross, he died vicariously for you and for me. He carried our sin debt. He paid that price for you and for me. Is there room in our soul, number one, for salvation? Is there room in our soul, room in our situation? In our situation. The circumstances of life. You know, life is busy, isn't it? You know, I think about all of the things that we had going as a church just in the normal week. We were busy. We had a lot of stuff going on. And now churches that had many different programs and outreaches and uh, times together, uh, those who have, majority of them have been halted. And, you know, have we just replaced all of these opportunities with something else? Is there, is there still room in our life for Jesus? You know, the circumstances in our life, is there room for Jesus? Not as a helpless baby. Not as a person that we acknowledge his presence. See, Jesus did not come to be coddled by the Christian. He came to be king. He came to be king. He came to be the controlling one in our life. He didn't come to just be somebody that we added into our life. You go to certain countries around the world and you start talking about Jesus. They, the missionaries have to be very careful that they don't just present Jesus as another God. Because uh, the Indian people, they believe in many gods, plurality of gods. And they are willing to accept as many gods as they can. They're safe. They feel you know, have we just sort of added Jesus to our life? 
Is he just someone that has been uh, added to our schedule? Jesus did not come to be an addition to our life or an addition to our goals or an addition to our plans. Is there room for Jesus in our circumstances? Jesus as king, he wants us to conform to his life. He wants us to conform to his goals and to conform to his plans. It's not that we just keep on doing life and then just add the Lord along. It's not like a, another child enters into the family and you have everyone still there and now you just have an extra. Now you have another one as part of the family. It's not like that. It's not like we just add Jesus to our life. Jesus doesn't show up just to be a part of. He's king. He's the creator of the world. And as king, he doesn't, he doesn't want to just be someone that has been added uh, to our life or acknowledged in our life. He comes and says, I want to be the one that is ruling in your life. I want to be Lord of your life. And so uh, we look at this, uh, this, uh, uh, this man who had the inn in Luke chapter 2, and, and we, we, we think he was uncaring and uncompassionate and that he was unsympathetic uh, to, uh, to Mary and Joseph and uh, to baby Jesus. But uh, when we look at our families, is there room for Jesus? What have we, who have we kicked out of our life to make room for Jesus? What have we kicked out of our life to make room for Jesus? Because we can fill our life up. Life is busy. Is there room? Is there room for the Lord uh, in our life, uh, in our families? Uh, have we made room for Jesus in our family? Have we made room for Jesus in our finances and, and how we go about life and our finances? Have we, have we made room for Jesus in our own personal needs? You see, we have, we have a lot of a lot of stuff that just goes on day in and day out. Our life can be so busy just existing that we don't have room for Jesus. We don't have room to spend time with him in prayer. We don't have room to spend time with him in our Bibles. We don't have room for him on a Monday or on a Tuesday our life is too busy. Now, you've made room for him. Praise the Lord. We, we're here in church on a Sunday morning. Uh, but how much room have we made for Jesus in our lives? Uh, our, our own needs, our schedules, our responsibilities, our dreams, our plans, our future. Have we made, is there room for Jesus in all of those? Is there room for Jesus? Is he the one that is, that is coming, uh, not just uh, as, as our Savior alongside and that now has forgiven our sins, as he, our, as our master, as our king, as our leader, as our ruler, our controller, is, is there room for him to make those decisions? Uh, room for Jesus. Uh, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes uh, be, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. So is there room for Jesus? 
Not in a corner. Not in a corner. Is there, is there room for Jesus uh, in our lives? Uh, not a sliver or a slice of our life, but is there, have we made room for Jesus? Uh, is there room? Is he our focal point? Now, this is convicting. Uh, I was sharing some of this with a, a pastor friend of mine uh, this morning, and, uh, and he, said, he said, man, he said, you, you, you just convicted me. And I said, I just preached to myself, and it just seems to hit some other people along the way. Uh, but the reality is we can be so busy with life that we don't really keep the Lord in our central focus. He needs to be our focal point. He needs to be first in our family. He needs to be first in our forethought, in our planning. He needs to be first in our finances. He needs to be first in our future, our decisions. You see, the Lord needs to be first. And is there room or have we segmented the Lord off or segmented our life in such a way that, okay, Lord, this is your part of my life and I've got the rest. I've got it under control everywhere else. I'll, I'll yield to you for my salvation. I'll yield to, me, to you in maybe my Sunday. Uh, but is he our focal point? You see, uh, there needs to be room for the Lord in our in our lives, in our circumstances, in our busyness of life. There needs to be room, uh, but that room needs to be at the top, not at the bottom. He needs to be at the top. Our contemplations, our convictions uh, in, our con in control. Are we embracing the fact that Jesus came not, uh, came not to be another friend, though he is our friend, he came to be our king. He came to be our Lord. He came to be our master. Those are terms that were referred to the Savior. Are those terms that are, do those terms ring true in our lives in that relationship? And so here, Jesus is their room. Uh, in 2020, our theme has been focused faith. Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. And, you know, as we, we look at that, the, the focus, focus faith is really keeping the Lord first, looking unto Jesus. He's the one that we're focusing on. And, and with that, 2020 has definitely brought us a curveball. And 2020 has thrown a lot of things at us. But how have we been in our faith in 2020? You know, you get to the end of the year, it's a time, a good time of reflection. The beginning of the year is a good time of year to re reset some things. You know, as we come to the end of 2020 and we look at Christmas and we think about the scenario where there was not room for Jesus in the end, 
Have we become so busy that we haven't really made room for Jesus in the center of our life? So have we, have we stayed focused in our faith? Has, has convenience trumped areas of our commitment this year? I understand. We have, we have our services streamed online. And they are streamed online to be a help primarily. They were originally, it was all developed for those that were uh, out of uh, out of the area, the military that were deployed. Uh, it was for the, the shut-ins, uh, those that could not get out, someone who was sick, services still could be there. And then when uh, pandemic shows up and uh, everything was shut down, we were, we were already ahead of the game in that scenario. And we already had some of those uh, devices in it. The whole system has gotten a lot better uh, through this. But if we're not careful, we will start allowing convenience to change what's important in our life. Are we as faithful to church as we were? Well, you know, it's just too hard to get out on evening services. I'll just stay home. I should try that. You know, convenience, if we're not careful, we will allow convenience to change how we live. Our commitment level can change. We are all human. And some, sometimes the path of least resistance is nice. But if we're not careful, it can affect our focus. So we're, we have this, this stream, and that's great. That's, a, that's another tool, but it's not a replacement for church. Amen. If you could be in church, you ought to be in church. Amen. Amen. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Right. It wasn't so much the less as you see the day approaching, it was so much the more. Why? Because the assembling of the believers brings strength, help, comfort. It brings, uh, it, it brings us courage to be able to stand the way we need to stand. But have we just sort of changed? If we're not careful, we can allow ourselves to not make room for the Lord in our lives. We can fill our life. We can fill the rooms of our life to where now there's no room for Jesus. There used to be room for Jesus on Sunday night. But now there's not. Well, it just takes too much time to drive. Well, it didn't take too much time to drive. It's just now it's been replaced with convenience. I used to have room for Jesus on Wednesday night. I used to have room for Jesus on Saturday. I used, you get what I'm saying? And in our lives, we have to stop and recognize 
we can fill in our circumstances. We can allow the rooms, the time slots, the areas of our life to be so filled that no longer is there room. Only this small piece. You know, there are people, uh, and they will, I, I don't refer to people this way, uh, but it is a term that's used, and I'll have people even use it. Uh, they will refer to themselves as a C&E Christian, a Christmas and Easter Christian. They, are, they, have, they have those slots. They have, made, they have made room for those times of year. But the rest of the time, there's no room. You know, you and I, we may not be at that spot, but we can allow our life to be filled up as well. So is there room in your soul for Jesus? If you're not saved, today's the day of salvation. Amen? If, if you're saved, is there room in your circumstances? Are there some rooms, is there some areas in your life that you have allowed to get a little bit too cluttered and, and some things that maybe we need to kick out, maybe some, some, uh, some things out of our schedule that we have allowed to come in that has impacted our commitment to the Lord. He didn't come to just be a baby in a cradle. He came to be king. And he wants to be king in our life. And let's allow him to have that place. Father, I do pray that you would bless. And Lord, just speak to all of our hearts. Thank you for what you've done in my own life. And I pray this morning that, uh, Lord, all of us would uh, just stop and, and take assessment of where we are and uh, maybe uh, where we, we know we ought to be. I pray that you would help us to make some decisions in our own life. And so work now, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed. And you're here this morning. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you know you're saved? If, if you do, uh, you say, Pastor, I do know that I'm saved. Just as a testimony to the Lord, uh, just slip your hand up. Pastor, I'm saved. I know I'm saved beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, just slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, what's stopping you? What would, what would cause you not to want to trust Jesus? He loves you. He died for you. He is offering you a gift of forgiveness, a gift of eternal life, but you have to accept it. This morning, if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, Brother Jordan's down front. Let me just encourage you to come. Maybe you're online and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. There's a, there's a number on that screen. Just text heaven to that number. Is there room in your soul? How about it, Christian? Is there room in your circumstances? Have we allowed life to become so busy that we've sort of crowded the Lord out? And there's some areas that we need to clean up. Maybe some areas that we need to uh, reevaluate. And I don't know the circumstances in each person's life, but I do know that Jesus will make every area of your life better. 
And maybe he put his finger on something in your life. How about you just, res just respond right there? Talk to him about it right there in your seat. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.